everyone, and welcome to Sober Drives, a podcast by Sam and Jess, all about sobriety, mental health, and other life issues. So come on, get in, let's go for a ride. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ plus community and mental health and addiction. So to start off, I thought we should tell, well, I should at least tell, we should tell you about what qualifies us to talk about this. And that's because I am a trans man. I am also pansexual, which means I don't care what sex, what gender, anything you are, if I love you, I love you. So, that's what qualifies me. Jess, do you want to share it? Uh, yeah, what qualifies me is that, well, I haven't, I don't, I'm not really sure what label I fall under. I would say pansexual as well because I really don't have any preference of if, if I love you, I love you. Yeah. That's all. Thanks. How do you feel that being queer has impacted your mental health or sobriety? I'll start with how it's impacted my mental health. So growing up when I had come out, I was really, I wasn't really shy about it. I thought everyone was just super accepting and everyone was gonna love me regardless. And then I had some family members that didn't, which actually impeded with my mental health because I had believed everything was fine. It was fine to be, which it is. Mm -hmm. But I had believed that everyone would be so accepting as, you know, my parents and my siblings and it wasn't like that. So my mental health really, that put a damper on it because I was stuck in the situation of, um, can I be myself? Not around, you know, I couldn't be myself around specific people, which felt like, it felt like I was always being a chameleon. I was always pretending to be someone I wasn't because I couldn't be who I actually was, which made my brain think that I wasn't worthy of being myself because who I truly was wasn't accepted by some people so my mental health much better now but anyway and my sobriety honestly I think it's great being part of this community while going through sobriety because there's so many you know not many people are as open with it as say I am or you are but a lot of people going through it, going through recovery and sobriety, feel more open to talking to you if they're also, say, they're in the closet or if they're part of the LGBTQ2S community. They feel more open to coming and talking to you about it and being able to be themselves because, you know, they see you doing it. I was always very open, especially, you know, during my recovery, I've always been very open with it because I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with um, everything you just said. I mean, when I was, when I first came out, I thought that, like, everybody would be accepting and whatnot, and because I'm still the same person. I just go by a different name, different pronouns stuff like that but I'm still the same person I'm still always gonna be Sam but um I did face some backlash and I I did have some people in my life who decided that they don't accept me or they don't agree with the way that I live my life so I did lose people but at the end of the day I've come to the realization that I didn't really lose those people they never had me because they never knew the true me. So I 
that's how I like to think of it, is if you are dealing with people that are unaccepting of you, you never really had them in the first place. You had them as a facade. You you know, yeah. like, you had them as a fake, not fake, but the inauthentic self that you were portraying for so long. Exactly. So, I definitely think that being your authentic self and being who you truly are is more of a gift to the universe than being a fake version of yourself. And you'll be able to attract the right people. You won't... Oh, yeah. There will always be people in your life who are going to judge you and not be accepting of who you are, but those people don't have to stay in your life. Yeah. And that's what I say, whether it's family, regardless of who it is. Yeah. Honestly, I've had some family that I don't really speak to anymore because they aren't as accepting, and that's something I had to accept because yeah. I'm, I have to set boundaries out of respect for myself. I have to put myself first because mm -hmm. that's the only way I'm going to be able to get through my recovery is, Absolutely. you know, putting myself first. When I came out, I came to everybody in my life. I made a mass post about it on Facebook, basically explaining... I'm a trans man, I go by he, him pronouns, my name is Sam. That's it. And But in there, I also included, if you do not accept me, or you are unwilling to refer to me by the correct pronouns and name, simply unfriend me. Don't message me, I'll never know, stuff like that. And uh, that story that I'm not sharing with you guys and everyone um because it is very personal and it still holds a big place in my heart and my life um but this story that god will never look at you in the way that you are really affected my recovery because in recovery we preach well not we but certain forms of recovery preach spirituality and having a higher power and for me I always associated a higher power or a god with this ultimate being that doesn't love me or doesn't accept me because that's what you see online that's what you hear from people that's but that's not true yeah and that's where I think I had to unlearn that old idea that God will never love me for being me or being trans or being pan, like, you know, like all these things that contribute to who I am. I had to unlearn that because, and I had to learn the difference between spirituality and institutional religion because spirituality in itself is very different than religion. Definitely religion is institutional it's you usually have scripture with it and stuff like that whereas spirituality is basically the message that like you can believe in whatever you want you can believe in the universe you can believe in a higher power you can believe in fate like those are all examples of spirituality yeah. whereas religion preaches different messages well not different messages the same messages just kind of in a different way yeah you can be religious and spiritual but oh yeah there's still a big difference like for yeah. me my higher power is the universe and my higher power is other people and having hope yeah being compassionate empathetic because that's who i am that's what i have so if i can't 
put my faith and trust into something higher than me, especially when I'm going through hard times, then how am I supposed to get through anything? Yeah. It's just not possible. Which, uh, which people who are more religious, like you said, like, they do that as well, but they, a lot of them see it differently than us, because we say, see it as a higher power, and they see yeah. it as, like you said, God. Yeah. For most people. And, like, I do believe in a God. I just... My God is not somebody that is necessarily written about in Scripture. My God is a higher power of some sort that is looking after me and everyone around me and everybody in the world, you know? And I understand that there is that sense of my higher, like my, in religion, that sense of my God is accepting of everybody and is there for everybody and you just have to be willing. But it's hard when you're in recovery sometimes to, especially new recovery is like newly, not new recovery, but like newly sober. It's hard to have that faith in somebody when a lot of people have lost so much in their lives that how can you have faith in anything yeah. let alone anybody yeah so that's why like i definitely like my higher power is more so that of this i don't know how to describe it but it's like a non-physical higher power so like not a real person it's just this entity that is watching over yeah. me you know and I think that brings me comfort because that way, like, I never, I never, like, put my higher power next to he or she. It's always they. Because they help me in a way that I feel like societal standards of he and she and what that should look like and male and female, what that should look like, it doesn't fit that. Yeah. It fits this other entity yeah. being you know like it's different um so yeah i like the idea of spirituality and religion and recovery has greatly impacted me and i don't think i realized how much until just now when i asked like i wrote down these questions and i'm like myself <laughs> that was a deep moment there i know you're, i'm getting a little emotional <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta wipe away the tear <laughs> um, you ever face backlash for being queer in your life? Like, have you ever... Honestly, I can't think of any, like, specific events that happen, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But lash back as in just, you know... I'll tell a story, actually. I got a little story. Okay. Um, so yeah, my little story is that, um, I was at a Christmas party one year like my family Christmas party that my grandmother held and she's very accepting and open she just wants me to be happy same with the mm -hmm. most of my family um and I had a family member there who was older and our whole family was there everything was fine I had brought well now my ex but my girlfriend at the time and when out that she was my girlfriend she had I mean when this person had found out she was my worry. girlfriend she uh had told my sister that I was going to hell 
And I was like 17 at the time. I was like yeah. 16, 17. And my sister's two years younger than me. So she comes upstairs bawling her eyes out. She said, you're going to hell and because you like girls and you're gay and you're going to hell. I'm like, I'm already there. Like, what? I don't. So it's not so much the backlash as like things like I wasn't allowed to do this, I wasn't allowed to do that. At one point, I couldn't really have sleepovers with girls, but that's like understandable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's mainly just you know I see how it affected her, and I'm like I would never want anyone else to feel like how she had to feel. Like she's worried I'm going to hell, and here I am. I'm older, so I understand, you know. Um, but she doesn't quite understand that. If you're part of that community, then that's who you are. Like, you're not just going to be able to wake up one day and change. It's not like that. Yeah. So, really, the backlash was only with um, other people saying things about it. But it's not usually to me because I'm more blunt now, I guess you could say. So, if someone did say that to me, I would obviously... I wouldn't say you're blunt. I think you're more confident. Yourself. Confident, yes, but honest. Very honest. Call me homo. Pow, pow. Like... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I... I remember... So, I was on a dating app for a while. You? Yeah. And, um... If I put... So, I said it that I was a male. This is after I came out. I said it that I was a male. And everything like that. And... It wasn't... I started off by putting that I was a trans male in my bio. And I had people matching with me and then degrading me. They're like, they would say stuff like, you're going to hell and you're, you're so bad, you're sick, you're horrible, like sending me horrible messages, but matching with me to do that. Yeah. If you, I feel way. like if you have that strong of an opinion, don't match with the person, avoid the person, and never express those feelings. Because you know what that does to somebody? Like. But they don't care. But they don't care. But like, the second I took that I was, after a while, I took out that I was trans from my bio. And I had people, more people matching with me now. And not knowing. Because the second, I feel like there's still that, like, idea that, like, trans people, especially, are, like, just cross-dressers. They don't, they aren't actually who they say they are, they just dress that way, or they express themselves that way. But, like, who are you to tell me that? Yeah. Who are you to go out of your way and tell me that? Like, random people. Yeah, just like, being disrespectful. Especially yeah, on a dating app. Like, on a dating you? app. Like, okay, listen, <laughs> I came to this dating app to have a good time and find somebody I like. I'm not on this dating app to be harassed, be harassed and be sent, like, death threats. Like, you know, like... I thought you were going to say something else. No. I'm not on this app to get sent... Okay. Death threats is what I was saying. And that's horrifying. I'm like 19 at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm Terrified. I'm an adult, but I'm like a young adult. I'm a baby. Yeah. I'm still a baby. Like, that was 
horrendous to me. And, like, the thing that I have learned over time is because at first I would get very defensive and I would fight back as much as I could. And I feel like that's where people would take it to the extreme, sending yeah. threats and horrible things. Because you're trying to make because, them see your point of view. Yeah. You can't, there's no point in there's, arguing with someone. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> that's a little piece of advice I can give people, is if you get those negative messages, don't indulge them. Just... Do you know what? Like Block. Block. Because at some point, you need to realize that that person probably has some sort of stigma, trauma, stereotyping, like any of those things related yeah. to your identity, which you can't control. You cannot, you can't control how somebody looks at you, but you can control how you look at yourself. That's right. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's always going to be people that disagree with you, disagree with your lifestyle, disagree with your life choices, whatever you want to call it. But you have to be okay living with yourself in that way. You don't need to indulge or justify to anybody yeah. why you are the way you are. Because that's just who you are. That's just who you are. You need to be okay. The only person you can control is yourself. Yeah. That's why you need to be okay and learn to live and learn to love yourself as who you are. Authentically. Totally authentically. Is that the end of the day, baby? Who's left? You. Well, you. Me. Me and you and me. Me and you. Together. We're together. We're the bestest friends. Friend. I was. I was gonna sing just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. That's beautiful. That was beautiful. <sighs> You ruined it with that ending. But, I mean, it was beautiful to begin with. Jules, Please bring back Voldemort. Just the two of us! I got so we many people. Make it if we try. Just the two of us, Potter! <laughs> you and I! I had so many people tell me that they loved when you did your Voldemort impression. So many people. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but what would you... What's a little piece of advice that you would give to somebody if they're facing that kind of hate? Don't cry. I would just tell them honestly... You don't have to rush yourself into coming out, but you do need to be who you truly are. And if you feel like there are people in your life and you can't be yourself around them yet, you don't have to be around them right now, you know? And I know it's hard, especially for, like, youth who have, like, families who aren't accepting. Which and, we talked about last week, yeah, too. And that's yeah. really upsetting, but one day you're going to have to just be who you are because at the end of the day, you're really all you have, and it's not fair to hide yourself in a shell in order to make other people in your life happy because you have to accept that not everyone's going to be accepting not everyone in your life is going to like you your family might not like you your you know your friends they're not your true friends then like you have to start doing stuff for yourself 
and being who you are for yourself. Because if you keep putting on this facade and this camouflage, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon, you know, people aren't going to know who you actually are. And if people are, if you want people to like you for who you are, you have to be who you are. And it's not really fair to other people to be pretending because then they're not loving the real you. And you're not loving the real you because you don't you lose yourself. You don't even know who you are. You're going to lose yourself if you can't stay true to who you are. And then it takes forever to find yourself again and you change. We're always growing, we're always changing. But you need to find who you truly are because that's how you're going to be able to get through life and actually be happy. And that's Yeah. That was beautiful first of all. Thank you. Um but that's one thing that I think a lot of people miss is the idea that just because your family, your friends, whatever the case may be, don't accept you, think of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that will accept you. For every one, one, two, right here. We got, we got so many people behind us that are loving and will not. Yeah, I should probably chat. We have so many people that back this podcast that are accepting and do realize the true potential that your authentic self has. And I think that's something a lot of people lack in themselves. We all, You always hear, oh, I'm my worst critic. And that's very true. We are our worst critics. But at the end of the day, like you said, we're the only ones we really have we spend 24 7 with this person Mm -hmm. like like you're in your head all the time so why not fill your head with messages of love messages of hope messages of faith instead of messages of that other people have shared with you that are negative you know and i i think that's something that a lot of people lack is that is that a Ability to disconnect outside opinions with inside opinions. Yeah. And that's what other people think doesn't matter. Yeah. And like that's that's something I struggled with a lot when I so I my story of coming out as trans, I knew from a very young age I was very different. And I didn't know why. And then when I was about no, I was no, I was about 17. I think I was just before 17. Like, I think I was 16. Um, I finally found out what being trans was. And I was like, that, in my head, I was like, that is exactly how I feel. I read an article that another trans man had made, and it was all about, like, how he came to the realization that he was trans. And I was like, this is exactly how I feel. No, don't I'm getting emotional! <laughs> yeah, but like, he was talking in a way that made sense to me. And it wasn't some like, scientific gibberish. It wasn't some yeah. like, anything like that. It was real and raw. And I feel like, that's what really helped me come to the realization, is reading that person's story mm-hmm. and so but I first came out as gender fluid 
which means that some, it's different for everybody, but for me, it was basically that I was some days a boy, some days a girl, sometimes neither. Yeah. But I realized very quickly that I only felt that way because I had a lot of inner transphobia in me. I was, I was okay with other people being trans, but not myself. Yeah. And I had to unlearn that, and I had to learn to be accepting of myself. And a big reason that I did come out as gender fluid is because I didn't want my family to feel like they were losing a daughter or a granddaughter or a niece. I didn't want them, and like I'm getting emotional just thinking about this, but I didn't want the people in my life that I cared so much about to know the real me because I didn't want them to lose that perception that they had of me. I didn't but want them to lose the memories. Were, but that wasn't who I was. I was always hiding. And like, that, I had to come to the realization that I'd rather be happy in my truest form than be unhappy in a form that isn't me. And don't cry. Please don't cry. I'm not. We should make but that like a billboard. <laughs> we should. That should be something that's preached more is that idea that being authentically you is more important than being a version that you think is more digestible to others. <laughs> Who are they? Who are they to tell you, like, what you can and can't do? Yeah. So I ended up coming out my parents and my brother and friends like around this time of the year it was Easter weekend so literally around this time of the year um, when I was 17 almost 18 and then I thought I had come out to my family when I was 8 the rest like extended family and like grandparents stuff like that when I was 18 but I recently realized I was 19, mm -hmm. so I had waited two years to tell the rest of my family. Yeah. Like... Because you were worried so, of what they'd think? Yeah. And it's... I think I just had to get comfortable, because my big issue was I don't want to lose these people. Yeah. But I had to realize, like what I was saying earlier, that if I lost those people it wasn't a loss i never had them it was their loss actually it is yeah it would have been their loss but thankfully i come from a very supportive family and That's they good. all love me to bits yeah. i love you too. <laughs> i love you too i saw this quote and i'm gonna butcher it right now because i don't remember exactly what it said but it said i'd rather see you shimmer alone than be dull in a crowd of people. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, we're like, we're all like moths. I'm just gonna say that. We are drawn to the light. We are drawn to things we like. Um, I am the light. I am not a moth. I am the light. Okay. I <laughs> I'm a firefly. So true, in the sense that we are drawn to things we like. We are drawn to things we're passionate about. So, I'd rather see you shine bright in 
a world where you will find those people. You will find those moths. Yeah. You know? I hate moths. It's irking me to talk about they them. They eat your linens. Don't they? I think so. I don't know. I heard that. Because my stepmom's terrified of them. I have a horrible phobia. She'd be of... screaming. She'd be like, ah! Yeah, I have a horrible phobia of butterflies and moths and like dragonflies, like Butterfly. any flying insect. I have a horrible phobia. Like it's like I see one flying so towards no. me, I run the other way. No, don't bring a butterfly in here or a moth. <gasps> oh yeah, that's true. You have a butterfly tattoo. Jokes, jokes. It's funny because I'm. I love the way butterfly tattoos look, but I feel like it's such a hypocrisy for me to have a phobia of them and have one on my body. Close this up. If you could say one message of hope to closeted me, what would you say? Be yourself, bruh. Stop trying to please everyone, okay? You just have to come out and be yourself. Make sure you're actually caring about yourself, not all that fake sh**. Don't be ashamed of who you are, because there's people who love you. If I were 17, I'd love you too, like, I'm you're my best old. friend. What would you say to me? I'm proud of you because I know you're closeted, but you're still accepting of who you are on the inside. You still love yourself for being who you are. And a day will come where you will find that courage to come out. And I'm gonna love you through it because we're best friends. I know we weren't friends then, but we are best friends. Don't cry. Am I but crying? Just a little bit. So. But I think we need to share that we're proud of people more, you know? Like, I think saying I'm proud of you isn't enough. I think we need to be specific. I'm proud of you for making it through the day. I'm proud of you for surviving. I'm proud of you for being who you are. And I'm so proud to know you. You're going to do such great things in life. I cannot wait to be in this car waiting for you. Every... Are you going to pick me up from work? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> No, but, like, I'm proud to be in this car with you right now, even. Because I know the great things you're gonna do in life. I'm proud of you for being who you are. I'm proud of you for being silly. I'm proud of you for doing this podcast with me, getting out of your comfort zone. And I'm proud to call you my best friend. You know? Like, at the end of the day, shake hands. <laughs> I'm... I'm truly so appreciative to have you in my life. I'm proud of you, Sam. Thank you. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah. Two brown- Potato? Oh. Potato? Rise. I think we did a really good episode this we week. We had a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you guys have any, like, ideas for future episodes or questions, comments, or if you just need support, like, our line's always open. Yes. Say to us stays with us. With us. And it will always stay anonymous. If you want to reach out to share something for us to share something in a podcast, feel free to do it. We just won't say your name. 
We'll keep it completely and 100% anonymous. We like hearing stories. We I do like sharing, love hearing stories. stories so. Yeah. And, you know, like, we have a couple episodes in the future where we do plan on having people with us. If you want to be a part of one of our episodes and be anonymous, you don't need to sit in the car with us. You, your voice doesn't need to be heard. Um, but if you want to come on the show and remain anonymous, let us know. We are more than happy to hear stories and share stories and spread a message of hope. So if you have that, message us, you know? Like, it'll remain 100% anonymous. What the f is that? How do you do it? It was a great day. Happy 24. Happy 24. It is hot in this car. <laughs> so, it's us. for today, we're going to end with a little message of hope. And we're going to say that we are proud of you, we love you, and we want you to be authentically yourself. Be you. Even if it's not the right time or place. Because, essentially, some people can't come out due to safety reasons. Um... But we want you to, we want to see you succeed as your true self. So with that, we are proud of you for where you are, no matter what your journey is, because a little progress each day is, adds up to big results and baby steps are still baby steps. Baby steps are still steps. Yeah, whatever. What Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in.